and welcome to El Valle Abajo podcast, our 71st episode. Today is June 30th, 2020. Uh, welcome back. We have uh, Rene with us. How are you doing, Rene? Good, good. And we have Sal back with his awesome back cover of Soco Loco, Socorro Pride. I think I'm a kitty. Let me take that off. Oh, shoot. Oh, there you go. Hey, yeah. All right. We're back. We're back. So, guys, how you doing? Uh, we've been away for a week. Uh, big important news we have to share with you guys. We'll be off for three weeks starting next week. We won't be back to July 21st. So we can get some big stuff together. Uh, we're going to get some more stuff for you guys and get better prepared to have a better show for you. So uh, this is our last show. We're gonna take a summer break uh, after the 4th of July. I think we all deserve a break. We've been uh, going on really hard. Uh, we're gonna come back bigger and better and with big, big news for you guys. So we're gonna be here and uh, take a break from us and we'll be back. So, so this is our last show for Three weeks. I know a lot of people are happy about that. They don't have to hear us or deal with us for a while, which is okay. So, you know, the 4th of July is summer. So now, what do we got planned for summer, Sal? What do you got planned for 4th of July? 4th of July, just stay home, but I will spend be spending some time in Orlando pretty soon. Ooh. Ooh. Careful with those hotels. They might collapse on you. <laughs> that's true that's true it's too early man too early oh man too quick that, too that, quick that's a mess up stuff but yeah mm, no yeah. i know i know what do you got planned? and everybody's gonna get sued on that one yeah I, you know that's a crazy crazy news that renee what do you got what do you got for well, i'm i'm gonna do some some repairs to the house okay so and then if if uh if i have some time i'll take the kids um probably go to Carl's bed or go to um or go to Cloudcroft. Well, I, I think Cloudcroft would be the best because Carl's bed is flooded right now. Really? The caverns are flooded. You know, all this rain in El Paso, I knew I, I texted the guys, I was like, you know what? My internet's spotty right now because of all the stuff that's going on. So we were wanted to make sure of everything right now, but we're we're good. So let's go. Uh, let's start the podcast, and, and I'm happy to hear everybody has plans for the 4th of July. I am planning to eat, so I love it. I love holidays. Just got back from San Marco, so that was pretty cool. So let's start with with uh, our star scores. Our star scores are in, and that's a big thing that we have here in El Paso, and Texas loves the star scores. So uh, Molly Smith wrote for El Paso Matters, and she wrote a story on this. And we're going to read it to you, and, and then we'll discuss what's going on and, and see what's going on here. Of course, we didn't do that great, and, and let's see what she talks about. The percentage of El Paso students who failed the Springs State Standardized Math exams nearly tripled a, a severe decline in the state's top education official attributes to the region's decision to delay offering on-campus instruction. So they're already, they're blaming uh, having uh, online school. Close to 47% of all Region 19 students who took the state of Texas assessments of academic writing as a math exam this spring did not meet grade level. 
According to El Paso Matters analysis of combined star score results one day uh, for grades three to eight in high school and of course exams, that's a 30% increase from 2019 when about 70% of the region's test takers were not on grade level. Region 19 covers districts in El Paso and Hudson counties. About 38% of the Region 19 students did not meet grade level in the reading up to 28% in 2019. Students who do not meet grade level show a lack of basic understanding and course content and need a significant support in the coming school year, the Texas agency says. Percentage of Region 19 students do not meet state math standards. So here you can see the standards. Uh, the blue is 2019, the, the yellow is 2021. Of course, there are going to be discrepancies. As you can see, third grade is 17% uh, compared to this year, where it was 50%. Uh, fourth grade, 22 to 54. Fifth grade, 12 to 39. Sixth grade, 19 to 45. Seventh grade, 24 to 59. Eighth grade is 17 to 58. And high school algebra one uh, jumped from 8% to 33%. So statewide student failure rates in this spring increased from 2019. The last year, the STAR exams were given before the start of the pandemic. Student performance suffered more in math than in reading, a trend seen nationwide. The impact of the coronavirus on what school means and what the school is has been truly profound, Texas Education Commissioner Mike Morales said Monday during a call with reporters. The sudden transition in from in-person instruction to virtual learning reversed years of academic improvement, he said. The share of all Texas students not grade level in math who effectively failed the exam rose to 16 percentage points from 21% to 2019 to 37%. This increase, according to the data provided by TEA in reading 33% and the students failed this year's exams compared to 29% in 2019. Performance declines worse with remote learners. So we'll, we'll start that right now, but let's talk about what they're saying right now. So what they're saying is that our scores are horrible right now. They're extremely bad. We did very bad, uh, but everybody told us that, Sal. Everybody told us we're going to do bad no matter what. Um, educators like myself said, we're not going to do good. Why? Because the kids are not here. And, and those are things that I knew. And what do you think, Sal? Not only did you knew or the educators, I think overall everybody knew about it and <clears throat> that they were going to do horrible. I mean, you got uh, kids um, going through the virtual and maybe they're not paying attention. They're not learning how they used to. And so having that connection, uh, that, that personal connection, having the classroom setting is totally different from online. And so by all means, um, yeah, you have your cameras turned on, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that student's paying attention or maybe they don't, they're not following with what's going on. And so they could lose pace from the instruction that the uh, teacher's giving. And so, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios, challenges that, that we could give examples, but this was already the writing in the wall. Yes. We already knew that this was going to occur. Yeah, we saw it right on the wall. We we made we we knew it. Why take the test again? There was a big push to not have the test again because they did. We didn't have it in 2020, which would have made a little more sense to do it then because we were in school till March, 
And, and when you come back from spring break, you actually do take the test. So that would have been more sense there than this year. But, uh, you know, people have to get paid. The test makers have to get paid. There's, they have a $10 million a year contract with Pearson. So those are things that have to be done. And they're not going to lose their money twice. Rene, uh, what do you think? You got two kids in the, in the school system. Uh, you know, what do you think about the scores? Look, we, we knew, everybody knew, right? It doesn't yeah. take genius. It doesn't take no statistics. Nothing of that nature. All you know is that the kids aren't in school. They're not paying attention. I even went to the school board and told them, like, I went, I had the ability to go to my house, look at my daughter, and she was basically sleeping while she was in class. Yeah. And I, I had her like, hey, hey, you know, no. Uh, get up and 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 teach and, st- and and learn something. You know, it's not the teacher's fault. It's not anybody's fault. But, you know, kids there there should be a correlation i don't know how they're getting their statistics except just by testing and that's how you get your statistics but you know the the truth of the matter is that there should be a a a survey not a survey but a statistic on um to show the correlation because at 53 percent of the students that took the test and failed you know that's a lot i mean it's very 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 hard so there should be a correlation. Yeah. What students were home by themselves in class, right? Right. Versus people like like me who have the ability to come from work, who were working and come and look at their kids and 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 have good grades. So you have to look at that statistic and see where the fault was. Because if you have no supervision on these kids taking uh, um, classes, um, then they're the ones that weren't probably paying attention. Those are the ones that were probably goofing off. You know, people don't want to say it, but that's the truth. And you know, right. you, you, if, if kids aren't supervised at their home, you know, who's to say that they just turned on their camera and just, you know, slouched down? Yeah, we, we even saw it on, on a corporate level where a guy recorded himself and put up, um, and this is corporate America, okay? Yeah, yeah. And the guy took a picture of himself while they were in a meeting and he was just dozing off and the paper fell, you know? And they, they caught him red-handed. He was eating soup, I guess, or something. So those are things that we have to address yeah. We know that this year is should just be erased. Nobody should get knocked for it, especially teachers. Right. You know, um, I think that uh, we should just move on. Give uh, give a little bit more of an emphasis on on educating our children. Um, and and I know that they're lacking, um, but you shouldn't you shouldn't dock the kids as well because they didn't get, you know. Uh, the education that they deserve as well, because you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't, you know, I'm, and, and it's, it goes back to the same thing. I'm not knocking the teachers and I'm not knocking. It was a horrible year for the world period. Yes. So, so let's just move on. Um, try to uh, put more resources into the education, the staff and, and provide the best quality of service that we could provide to our children. That's it. Move on. And as an educator, um, you know, myself, I knew 
the parents that were home and the parents that weren't at home. Mm-hmm. And the parents you call and you and they answer and they're like, let me get on him or let me get on her and make sure she's doing her work. And then mm-hmm. you see a, 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 a spike in, in activity. But just like anywhere else, if the teacher's not there, they say the cat's away, the mice will play. And mm-hmm. absolute everywhere, everywhere. Well, let's finish this story real quick. Performance declines worse for remote learners. What we know now with certainly in this decision in Texas to prioritize in-person instruction was critical, Morales says. Okay, that's cool. That's that's fine with me. But what happens, uh, guys, when, when, when you see on the TV, people are like, oh, uh, go online to learn. Do online. And I'll tell you this much. I did my master's online for most part of it. And it was very difficult for me being an old school kind of person where you're face to face, face to face, you keep yourself accountable. But when you have something like an email, like, Oh, you have to do this. You're like, ah, but now when you see charter schools, when you see other types of schools where they say, Oh, we do hundred percent online. Well, doesn't this debunk that Renee? What do you think? Yeah. It's, 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 it's difficult, you know, but, but it goes, what I'm saying is that why are we still letting online schools go on when we're no, we, with this, our, 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 uh, commissioner of education is saying it doesn't work. Why would, why would they, Texas still let online education happen? You know, it goes back to the same thing. It's very difficult to, to. It's very difficult to make a decision because it's about our children, right? We know that we're getting over the pandemic, but then you know there's whispers here and there that oh, there's another strain, this and that. So I'm pretty sure that they're trying to take every precaution necessary. Did we already lose the the year? Of course, we already lost the year. You know, um, should they should they. Uh, bring them back next year yes right you know um but as a parent you know you 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 do think about the safety you know and and what are the the precautions they're taking to to for the safety of my children because for me they're 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 my everything right you know so every 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 parent is think of their children as as their ultimate thing and 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 at the end of the day you know you want them to be safe right can they provide that safety for our children that you know maybe that's why that's why they're taking their their sweet time to make a decision but i believe that you should open it up there's enough uh already statistics out there that the children you know are 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 okay you know, so bring them back, bring them back. And, and like I said, give the staff, the teachers, all of the, 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 the necessary um, um, the stuff to bring them um, and provide good service for our children. Right. Okay. Uh, Sal, same question to you. If Mike Morath, who is a commissioner of education here in, in, in Texas says, we know that in-person instruction is better or critical. Why do we still let online schools go on for kids K through 12? So the ones that are going to, 
Well, in regards to, to the testing, I think it should just be used as a baseline to understand how, how far behind the students are. Right. And so again, we already saw that also the writing on the wall and we called it out that it was gonna be a year. And so we're seeing now the, the, the results, we're seeing the stats. And so, um, so when you're in the elementary, for me, I think you have time to catch up. Yes. Um, but my biggest concern will be, you know, the high school levels. Um, you know, probably your sophomores, your juniors, your seniors, because what's going to happen is that when these students graduate, they're going to have to start facing the real world. And the real world is not going to tell you, oh, we're going to give you a COVID exemption because you did online course. That's right. Harvard's not going to accept you. Texas A&M's not going to accept you. You know, if, if you don't have the scores, these big schools are not going to accept you, right? right? So there's not going to be a class in uh, a class in admission that says, okay, you know, instead of bringing in a, a, a score of, of so, you know, so much, for instance, a, a, a 1,000 per se, right. we're going to make the exception of a 750. They're not going to do that. So uh, those are the, to me, those are the students that would, are going to feel the rift because the real world also is going to tell you, hey, if you don't have a high school education, you can't work here. Right. And, and so we continue to talk about what's going on in, in SISD uh, with those students that did not graduate properly, didn't have the sufficient credits. So, you know, the ones that get affected here are the students. Right. The educators, they already went through their school. They already got their, their, their bachelor's, their master's, their PhDs, uh, whatever level of education they have. As if, but the ones that are going to be hurting to me are going to be your high school kids yeah. because those are the ones that are getting ready to hit the, the employment market or continuing their education. And that's where they're going to start building it. Great point, Sal. Great point. Uh, we did touch on that last week. Uh, Ms. Cindy Najera said there was going to be, they were going to turn themselves in. Uh, there is still, I don't know, uh, there is an investigation for those 27 kids or or you can broaden the spectrum of those 200 over 200 kids but SISD did not turn themselves in um that's that's for sure there wasn't they didn't turn in a ticket and get a ticket about that they just danced around that so let me finish this real quick students who spent the 2021 school year learning remotely experienced greater performance uh declines in both subjects that than those who received in-person instruction a TA analysis of star score shows districts where less districts where less than a quarter of students received instruction in-person instruction for most of the year saw the percentage of students of failing math exams increased by 32 percent points percentage points and those failing reading increased by nine points compared to 2019. Black and Hispanic students and low-income students who learned virtually saw greater loss than their peers. El Paso and the Rio Grande Valley which prior to the pandemic had some of the state highest of uh, students meeting, um, meeting grade level standards saw the largest performance declines, Marath said. These border regions previously served as outliners that were positive after the coronavirus. It's the reverse, he noted. In El Paso, as a region that were significantly reluctant 
to have in-person instruction for much of the school year, and it's very been problematic for students in El Paso, he said. COVID-19 rates in the Texas border were, hard, were far higher than the parts of the state and well above national averages. Many districts in El Paso and the Valley did not offer in-person learning until late January, when the TA no longer permitted them to offer only virtual instruction. Even when on-campus learning became available, many students continued learning online because the border regions of the state were hit the hardest by the virus. After three quarters of Socorro Independent School District students finished the school year learning from home, about two thirds of Isleta students did the same. Though 45% of El Paso Independent School District students ended the year virtually, that number was, was 10 to 20% higher earlier in the spring, spokesperson Melissa Martinez said. Marath, catching up students will take several years. The STAR exam, so um, it will take several years. We talked about this where uh, of anything we do here in the, in the La Valley, it's gonna take years to, to catch up. We've talked about Socorro ISD, catching up with what happened with Espinosa and, and the systems that he left in place. We talked about the city of Socorro, how the systems in place, we, even if we had a perfect administration in the next 10 to 15 years, we could not catch up from the Gandaras and the other administrations. And now we can't catch up with, with our, our own kids on their education. So we're in, in a pickle and this is what's happening now and we can blame everybody, but it's gonna take forever to uh, fix that. And that's gonna be something um, that's gonna be very hard in the coming years. And of course, us living in the Valley uh, and the majority of us being Hispanic or a minority, it doesn't help as well because of our, um, of our income, our, our uh, culture and stuff like that. So with that, uh, we're gonna change gears and move to something else now. And we're gonna talk about uh, voting. Voting here in the Valley, especially in Socorro. Uh, that is very, something very difficult. And we've talked on it before. And I'm gonna show you something right now so everybody can see it. Voting uh, in Socorro is not something to be proud of, okay? So here we have our latest, our latest uh, Socorro ISD race that we had where Pablo Barrera beat Gary Gandara. And if you can see here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to show you this only. Uh, can you see that right there that I'm circling? You guys see that? Yes. Voter turnout. If you can see to your far right, a total of 3.60% and ballots cast were only 7,835, but we have 217 registered voters in this district by itself. And this is a larger district than it is, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you something that I'm pretty proud of that was very good for our area. Pablo Barrera won both areas of Socorro the most Socorro areas, and he had the most votes here. There's only 700 votes. Me and Rene have talked about this. Me and Rene and Sal have talked about this, where we don't need 700 people to vote. We need 16,000 people to vote. 
those are the registered voters that we have here in Socorro. And this is why, if, uh, going back now, we, we did push Pablo a lot. We did help Pablo a lot. But because now he was, he's the one that's taking everything uh, um, on himself. He did the, the, the walks for the Socorro High School that wasn't going to happen. He's taking people, uh, constituent concerns. I know he he actually missed a graduation to to uh, to um, to help a student uh, clear for graduation at eight o'clock at night. A constituent called him and told him, I, "I'm been here since one. Can I get some help?" And Pablo stopped what he was doing and went to Socorro High School to help this this young man out from a family member. And, and those are things that we're looking at now, but that's what you get when you actually go out and vote. So I'm gonna start with you, Sal. Uh, voting is very important. Uh, we need to get more people out. How can we do that? How can we get more people out? How can we make sure that we get more Pablo Barreras on any local election? Please, that's a tough question to, to answer. I mean, I, I think that even with uh, a couple of campaigns, I myself was was advocating for for people to vote for for Rene and for for um, Jesus, mm -hmm. and 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 as much as information that I provided them, you know, they still didn't they didn't go out there to the polls and and vote it, and so the same thing happened with with Pablo that, you know, when, when we were speaking to people, I mean, they did a lot of the walking and we had a very low turnout. Right. And so that is very interesting to just kind of wonder why we have a very low turnout. And, and I mean, that's an, that's a response that, that, that I don't know, but I mean, <clears throat> in my household, we go out and we go vote because we want to have a say so. And we want to make sure that that whoever we're voting for uh, has the best interest, not only for my household but for the community. And so there's we we have people. I have learned um, with the Socorro Independent School District that we have some people, some trustees there that are there for self-interest. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one category. And I already knew that about Socorro, uh, the city of Socorro. I mean, I said it myself to Ralph Duran. And I said the the only reason why, you know, there's there's a lot of people that run for office for self interest. Yeah. And I'm not speaking for everybody, but that's the majority. And so we're seeing it in Ralph Duran. We're seeing it now with Miss uh, Colon that she she prefers to deal with mosquitoes than with constituents, future constituents. So. I mean, there's there's people that run for office for self-interest, and that is very unfortunate. And that could be a reason why maybe uh, mm -hmm. voters get turned off, but they should get turned on because then they should be able to elect the candidate that's going to best represent them. Right, right. Thank you, Sal. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. People run for themselves. They run for their self-interests. And that's very difficult. Now go to, go to Renee. And me and Renee had talked a lot about this, where 3% of, of, of a lot of people uh, to 
to vote. And, and me and Daniel are talking about this. And, and Socorro by itself, it's about 13,000 to 16,000 registered voters, but only 500 show up. Renee, what are your thoughts? You know, uh, it, it's, a, it's a touchy subject for me because I, I've always said it since the very get-go. It is, it is sad to, to live in a city of 32,000 plus residents um, that you only have out of those 32. And this is the sad part about it, okay? Right. 32,000 residents, 32,000 plus residents, only 16,241,000 were registered to vote. That is less than half, okay? That's less than half of the population that is registered to vote. Now, that's not the sad part. The sad part is out of 16,000, when I checked, there was 16,241 the last time I checked. Right. Only 1,400 come out to vote before we changed it to the, uh, to the uh, presidential election. Right. Now, it's sad because you mean to tell me that 1,400 people are going to dictate how you're going to live, okay, to the rest of the 30,000 people that live in Socorro. That is sad. And I've always said that's why you get cronyism in there. That's how you get people that are self-interest. Uh, uh, um, running because you only need a very few select people to vote for that individual, you know, and, and there's no outlets to come out and say, Hey, this is what has been happening. You know, I've been there and, 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 and you've been there too. We were even in, in council together and you, you, you can attest to the stuff that we were doing. We were overlaying, we were repairing streets, we were uh, paving potholes, but there is so much need in the city that it, 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 whatever you do, it's not enough. And people have still that mentality that we don't do nothing and we, we did. And there's not an outlet for people to be notified of what we've, what we've been doing because people don't have the time. People have two jobs, three sometimes. You know, people want to come home and just relax and go to sleep. But even the news does not give them the information. Yes. That is the saddest thing. The only thing you hear is when something goes wrong in the city of Socorro. That's when the news come out and tell you that, you know. Um, I, I've seen it in some news that I think it's Channel 7, I believe. Could be wrong where they had a segment to say, oh, this is the good thing that's happening around the city of El Paso. I don't know if you caught that. I don't know if it's that channel or, or another one, um, but they started to do that because there were a lot of projects that were being done and nobody was reporting it. And that's what we need to do. We need to focus on Socorro to say, hey, these are the projects that have been done, you know, and stuff like that, because you have, people that do not know who to vote for right and unfortunately you know if you're not well aware then you're going to listen to the comadre or the compadre and you're going to vote for whoever they say right and that leads to people who are self-interest and and only for themselves and right. we need to change that mentality right thank you and that's the one point i wanted to make um that's what we'll be working on during the break getting more voters out there 
Uh, we want everybody to vote. I don't want I don't want anybody to say, well, it's too hard. It's too this. It's too that. It's not. We have to vote because uh, this is something that I found. Choosing to vote, choosing not to vote, isn't a rebellion. It's a surrender. And and those are things that 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 I think about a lot because we live here in the city of Socorro. We are taxpayers, and we pay a lot of taxes for us not to have a voice on what we want in the city of Socorro, in the Socorro Independent School District, in the county. Another person that we 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 have here is our county commissioner that's done zero for us. Zero has kept us out of the dark, blocks us from Twitter, does whatever she does. And, and those are things that that we just can't can't live like that, guys. We gotta have a voice. We gotta be once we start voting, my 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 uh my objective from here three weeks and, and on is to get a hundred people registered to vote. So if you're not registered to vote, register to vote. All you gotta do is Google it, register to vote. You get on, you sign your name, it's in your voter registration card. But if you're 18 and over or gonna be 18 by the next elections, you can vote. Remember, choosing not to vote isn't a rebellion, but it's a surrender. And I hope that, I know the people from the Valley don't surrender very easily. All right, guys, moving on. Thank you for that. Uh, something big happened in Austin this weekend uh, that caught our eyes because of um, our friend Georgina Perez. She's a, our school board um, representative for District 1 here in Socorro. And I, I guess seeing that, I'm sorry, did I get the wrong one? I'm sorry, I think I got that wrong. Let me show you again. Right here, that's what I wanted to share with you. Can you guys see that? Yes. All right. So let me read that to you. It's a really interesting letter. Pastors for Texas Children Praise the State Board of Education for blocking charter schools. Okay, so this happened this weekend where Pastors for the Children Praise the State Board of Education for blocking charter schools. The Texas State Board of Education took an unusual step of denying four of the seven new charter schools applications today. California-based rocket ship charter schools barely passed on an 8-7 vote, only after an unprecedented push from money Fort Worth interest last minute lobbying for a governor from Governor Abbott. That means that they pushed a little bit of money to him uh, as a lobbyist to, to make sure that, that their, their charter school passed. Now, no public school can lobby. Uh, it's very difficult for public schools to lobby, but charter schools do have the funds to lobby to make sure that their schools get passed. So that's one thing you got to remember. They have more money and they can break any rule they want because they don't have to follow the same rules. The vote comes in the heels of the 87th legislative, 87th legislative session that saw record 39 charter bills filed. Only one significant charter bill passed after a procedural sleight of hand when, may, when many anti-charter members were off the floor and couldn't vote. All in all, the charter school juggernaut has ground to a halt in Texas. They're taking a huge step forward in exposing the corruptions of charters and equating them with the waste and violation of vouchers, uh, PTC Executive Director Reverend Charles Foster Johnson said. We still have a long way to go. It is a contrary of everything Texas stands for in turn our child's education over to the control of the state, out-of-state interests especially those located in California. There is no evidence that charter schools outperform traditional neighborhood 
and community public schools, many charters fail and fold after several years due to poor education quality and control. The mediocre oversight charters has produced a pattern of waste and corruption that is unacceptable. PTC joins growing chorus of public education advocates in calling for executive study and review of our own state's charter school policy, which has morphed into something far afield from the original intent of charters. God, good financial stewardship demands this charter expansion in Texas seas until the inventory can occur. We thank Dr. Kevin Ellis and the State Board of Education there for their careful listening to many voices on both sides of the charter school issue this week as well as their careful deliberation. And we call on public education stakeholders to unify around the moral and the constitutional duty before God to make suitable provisions for public free schools. Very, very interesting, guys. Uh, let's start with Renee. What do you think, Renee? Don't, don't change it, okay? Because I'm going to say something. Okay. Look, there. I, I like this letter because it, it's, it says a lot. You know, there's a lot of money into charters. That's why there's charters. Because they take money from the public sector. Okay? So... You, you, they, they said it good in this article. There is no evidence that charter schools outperform traditional, no, don't move it, uh, traditional uh, uh, neighborhoods and community public schools. Right. Many charter schools fail and fold after several years due to poor education quality and control. Okay? Yeah. Now, they fail to also realize and say this in this article that that is one portion, but the other basic portion is that they take that money and they buy, you know, planes so they can go on vacations. They they get tickets to go and see uh, NBA games. Right. I mean, they squander all of the funding yes. that's supposed to stay in the school system to better give the 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 the, the programs for our children. Right. Now, once you have these charter schools. It's money. It's it's money. It it goes from one to their pockets, and not to the 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 the, the kids. It's sad that you know we do have this form. It's it's one of those things that I say, it's everybody's fault. It's everybody's fault. You know, uh, I blame everybody from 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 the bottom to the top. Why? Because it's it's. Nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to say it, but I'll say it because that's just me. You know, it's the teachers' union's fault. Let me tell you why. Teachers, it's your fault. It's your fault. There's charters because your representatives, you're your voice. You pay union dues. You tell your representatives what you want. You need them to fight the school board. Okay, listen to what I'm saying. Trickle right. economics. I'm not going from the top to the bottom. I'm going from the bottom to the top. Right. Okay. Teachers, it's your responsibility to keep your union reps in check like that. Okay. Yep. yep. Tell your reps what to do, not the other way around. So you want your reps to tell the, the union to go out to the board and say, hey, you're not going to vote. If a union wants to come to the district, no, no, no. You keep them on point. You say, no, you vote them down because they do have that authority. Because once the, the district school say yes, then they uh, their application gets accepted 
and then you have union uh, union um, then you have um, the charter schools in your in your district and that's what happened here okay then you tell your union reps to go to the county because now for example they also go to the county and say hey we want to come and open charter schools in your county okay right let's 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 be real who voted for it who voted for it congressman uh congresswoman escobar voted for it she yeah. got called on it and what did your union reps do nothing why because the lame shitty excuse that she gave was oh it's just a formality no it's not you vote no teachers it's your fault because you didn't tell your 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 union reps your union reps is their fault because they didn't go and held them accountable but yet when election comes what are you guys going to do about it are you going to keep voting for those people mm -hmm. right so whose fault it is it starts from the bottom on up if, if they don't wise up you're going to have you're going to be inundated because it's money and it's not money for teachers because the more charter schools that open, what's going to happen? And I want you to pay attention to this, okay? Because you're going to kill your own employment in the near future. Yeah. I'm not talking about in a year or two. I'm talking about when you're inundated with a lot of charter schools, what's gonna, what does that mean? The more you open, the more kids are going to leave your district. That means you're going to have less students in the classroom. And what's going to the school district going to do? They're going to close schools because they're going to implode because they're going to have a lot of a lot of less students. And what's going to happen? Well, we're going to put them all together in a classroom and you're going to lose some jobs. That means teachers, you're going to lose your jobs. Then what's going to do? What's going to happen? You're going to take a pay cut and then you're going to go work for what? A charter making less with no benefits. If you get benefits, you're not going to get the same benefits and the same treatment that you're going to have that you have now. Right. So whose fault is it? It goes back to the same thing. You need to keep everybody in check as you go up because you need to hold a, a politicians in accountability as well. You need to vote. You have in your district 217,000 and only 3.6% came out to vote. That is, that is a disgrace. You need, to, you need to understand what you guys are doing. You need to vote. You need to keep everybody in check because that's what you're paying union dues. You're paying union dues so that they can do for you what you want and that is job security how do you keep job security by going out there and really going and voicing your concerns and addresses and address them it's very hard and i will tell you that it's you know politicians beto o'rourke's wife has as uh has um uh chart huh has a very bad charter school yes yeah horrible and 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 why are the unions Pushing Beto. That's what I would like to know. Teachers, wise up. Wise up. Huh? Because it's Beto. That's why. It's no, but that's what I'm saying. So whose fault it is? Whose fault is it? Because it's Beto. Everybody throws away everything where where what he does wrong. And he's going to run for governor. But people are going to like, oh, church schools. I want to see what happens when he does run for governor. His wife still has, owns the worst charter school probably in the state that just lost two grade levels 
that would have been closed down if it wasn't for COVID. That's what I want to see what happens. And it goes back to the same thing, Alex. You know, we need to have accountability. And all of the teachers need to need to understand that it's their voice. Yeah. It's their voice. That's why they pay union dues. Yeah. Well, make them work for you. You know, you, we're talking about your, your future employment. Yeah. Now, that is just me saying. That's my opinion. You know, you can do whatever you want at the end of the day. You know? Right. But like my mom says, sobreviso, no hay engaño. That means to tell me, I'm telling you already, but you don't listen and you turn a blind eye. So when you're out of a job, don't be crying. Yeah. And that's the truth. That's the truth that you guys need to hear. My teachers, I love you all because you are our take care, you are our gatekeepers to our children's future. But you ain't going to be able to do it for long if charters keep popping up left and right because your union reps aren't doing anything and your union ain't backing you and your union wants to be pushing a Beto who, who is for charters or, or, or a congresswoman uh, Escobar who is for charters as well, accepting money from them. You know, those are the things that you need to address. Why do you keep pushing representation like that? And this is for you teachers to wise up. You know, you guys are thousands, thousands in this city. And there's Why? more us than them. Yes. Come on, go out, voice your, your concerns, address them. You know, just because ah, I'm a KBN. Oh, I, I like her. Oh, I like him. No, we're not here for, for who's cool and who's hip. We're here for your job security. Wise yeah. up. Wise up. It's a funny story because I remember my mom loved Reagan and Reagan was booming. He just did so much stuff that it's not even funny. But um, Sal, what do you think, man? Charter schools. So there's a lot of truth that Renee just um, mentioned. And so one of the things that, that myself um, got involved into politics and listening to what is going on but it's because I needed to be educated. I needed to know, you know, where's my money going? Why is it spent? And so my journey has been maybe for the past two, three years that I've gotten myself involved. Mm -hmm. And so I know more now than what I knew back then. And so that has also been something that, that I've gotten my family involved with in the sense that you have to know who you're voting for. It's not just going up there and, and vote for a name because it sounds cute. Right. <laughs> so it's not about that. So one of the things that I want to touch base is that on my wife's side, there's a bunch of educators. Right. A lot of them will see retirement. They will see it because they're, they're at the very brink of, of closing that chapter because they've been educators for a long time. However, those family members have daughters, which are my nieces. Right. And if they don't get involved in politics, then it's gonna be exactly what Rene just said. Yeah. You're gonna lose your job. Yeah. You're going to lose your job because of charters, because you didn't want to get involved, because you didn't want to brush up on, on what's going on around you. 
because you're letting the vote, like you said, Alex, you're letting that vote, you're surrendering. So if you're not attacking and you're not knocking the door at your union, then what representation are you going to have? When you lose your job, then that's when you're going to speak up. When you lose your job to a charter, that's now it's now it's going to be the time that you want to get involved. And no, it shouldn't be like that. And so it's disheartening to know that that could happen. Yeah. And so I'm talking to for say my nieces because they want to become educators. Yeah. They want to be in the field. And so I just want to let them know is that you invested a lot of time getting in the process, going for your degree, and you might end up not even retiring as a teacher. You might end up doing something else because your job got lost. So if I have anything to say in that sense, is that, you know, for my nieces, they need to get involved. They, yeah. they need to be active with what's going around them because if they're not, they're gonna lose their career. Yeah. And so I am glad to say to you, Alex and to Renee, is that my nieces do listen to this. Not all of them, but a majority of them listen to our podcast. Right. And so the information that we provide, I hope it's not in vain, but it's educational for them, but not just for them because we got other listeners too. They might be future educators as well too. And so we are doing a service, not a disservice, but we're doing a service for anybody that really wants to know what's going on in politics, whether it's the city of Socorro or whether it's in your SISD right. with your employment or your taxes. So, you know, I, I know it's a heartfelt message, but it's the truth and it's the reality. Thank you, Sal. Yes. When it affects you personally, I'm telling you right now, teachers, don't be submissive. You got a union for a reason. And if you don't like your union, leave it. You got to learn the laws. That's very important. You know, you have your 30-minute lunch and you have your 45-minute prep period conference all every day, every single day. Those are the things that we need that our next generation of teachers gets to know that. And and teachers are well. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be uh, political. Well, teaching is political because if you don't vote and you can't say anything, then this is how Star comes along. This is how T test comes along. If you voted better, and we've had, I'm going to tell you right now, Cesar Blanco. Uh, I don't know if he's changed his stance, but he 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 liked the idea for a while. Uh, Beto Rourke, his wife runs a charter school. Escobar took money from charters, uh, and Ileana Olguin, our county commissioner, uh, she's pro-charter. That's what I'm telling you. You're and, and, and to add to that, Alex, Alex, to add to your point, Olguin has her, her, uh, her children don't go to public school. They don't go to public school, no, sir. You see? So why, why do unions push for these people? Yeah. Why do teachers listen to that? Why? 
I don't know. And, 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 and that's, look, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this. Look, I understand I'm not knocking unions um, because they serve a purpose. Okay? Teachers, listen to what I'm saying. Your unions serve a purpose. Okay? But when your union is turning your back on you, that's a no-no. Listen to what I'm going to say one more time. They're turning your back on you when they push for somebody whose kids don't go to public school, who their money, federal money, that goes to maintain schools, lessons, and your job, teachers, and your job go to somewhere else. You need to ask yourself, why is my union pushing an Olguin? For county commissioner, why are they voting for Beto? Um, why, why, why are they pushing for a congresswoman, Veronica Escobar, um, when they're for charters? Why you're doing a disservice to yourself, you're killing your future. Sorry to cut you, I just wanted to throw that in there. That's not true, it's self destruction, it really is. Why do you, um, Renee can tell you that when charters first came around, I was the only one fighting this. I was the crazy one, everybody's like, if you're crazy, it's gonna blah, blah, blah. But now we're not crazy. Now it's not crazy. You're crazy when, when you're by yourself, but when you're, there's a movement, um, it, everybody fights it. Everybody fights charter schools. Uh, people, Republicans, Democrats, fight them. They fight them because they're, it's, it's a, you're, you're, you're funding two educational systems. There shouldn't be two of them. There should only be one. But some people are making money off it. Teachers, future teachers, you need to get up and vote. You need to say, I'm not going to lose my job because I still got 20 years. I still got 15 years. I still got 10 years to work so I can retire. If you do not fight now, you will not have a job in 15 years. Charters will take over, schools will close, and there goes your job. And it is what it is. And, and I, there is nothing more to say. There is nothing more to tell you, but you need to become educated. A Beto, oh, he's so cute. Yeah, because his name is Beto, and he's white. That's what's cute about him. Mrs. Escobar has name recognition. She's a female, and she's a Latina. You know? Olguin, I don't know how Olguin pulled it off. That was crazy, you know? But there's going to be a lot more people coming out that they're pro-charters. Pro Why? Because charter schools have tons of money. SISD cannot give money to candidates unless the union has a PAC. So if you're a teacher, if you're an educator, let's get educated. You want to have a job in 10 to 15 years, you need to start voting for anti-charter school personnel. That's what you need to do. And not because his name is Beto or not because it's Escobar or not because her name is Olguin, are you gonna vote for that person? Okay? If you're an educator, you need to become political because let me tell you, when teachers vote, everybody listens. And that's how we got HB3 that raised money that Eric got, gave the state, uh, Dan Patrick, almost lost his race to Collier. Mr. Collier, I think he's out of Fort Worth, by five percentage points. 
Uh, Dan Patrick spent ten million, and uh, Collier spent eight hundred thousand. But he he talks to teachers. He talks to teachers, and he told them that that's the way it shouldn't work. And guess what? Dan Patrick was like, "No, we're going to give teacher raises." That's why we got the raise two, three years ago, I believe. HB three, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so that you use your teacher voice to vote. You don't be lazy, because I was lazy for a long time, but now I'm like, oh, screw this noise. All right, moving on. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Annette. That's a very touchy subject for us. We always get very uh, into it. Charter schools suck, no matter which way you choose. Uh, they're trash, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I don't care. They are. They're trash. It is what it is, and they're not. They're not teaching your kids anything. I promise you that. And you know what, Alex? We What's did up? see. We did see a march out when AFT. That's who they are, right? AFT. Yeah. Who? I'm. I'm trying not to give in too much publicity because I. I don't like them. Uh, but we saw a march out this past yeah. election when they were dishing money for all the incumbents. Yes. And and so. I could tell you for a fact, when I saw that, and I told my wife, are you with this organization? I said, yeah. I said, you know what? You need to split. I said, you need to split. They said, because all these incumbents, especially District 5, is not going to represent who we are. So you need to march out. And so now we have that West Texas Alliance. Yes. That's where they're going. That's where they're going. And so it is true, Alex. Your, rep your representation is a lot. And so if AFT didn't do it because they wanted to back up incumbents, then that's why West Texas Alliance got brought up and the march started. And so teachers, you got, you, you got to be smart. Like Renee's saying, you got to start marching out. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's funny and... and... And I'm going to show you something that I, I didn't plan for before, and it might go this way, but I'm going to show it to you right now. This is the wolf in sheep's clothing, okay? They're called Creek. Can you guys see that? Yeah. Uh, school board members and superintendents make decisions that affect students, teachers, and staff, parents, taxpayers, and our entire community presence and future. This is why school board races matter. Early voting... Uh, for school board election for EPISD, SISD, and YSD begins 419, April 19th. Now, this is Veronica Carvajal. She was she ran for mayor and she lost. And we're gonna bring up another mayor candidate that's in the city of Socor right now. So she lost, and this is this is Creed, okay? Creed is a wolf, I call them a wolf in sheep's clothing. Okay? Creed and why some people are dropping it like a potato. Veronica Escobar endorsed Jennifer Lansley for EPISD School Board District 1. This even though the labor unions had already endorsed Leah Hammy. And it was a rumor Leslie was getting Creed money. Uh, April 2nd campaign finance report confirmed that Leslie was Creed funded. Candidate Escobar dropped their endorsement. The rest of the mission includes things like increasing education attainment, improving success of students, increasing teacher talent and leadership development, and increasing parent and community engagement. Why do we need Creed to do this? Isn't that the job of the public school district? Isn't that why we pay them to do? Let's pause for a second. Let's see if I can get this whole picture up. 
let's pause. Uh, oh, let's pause for a second. And talk about the many ways you pay for public schools run by school board members. So this is Mrs. Miss Miss Vero Carvajal that I am a truly fan of. She is anti-charter school, straight up. She's the one that lost the. She got. She she lost. She got third because uh, Galinat was Beto and Escobar's puppet. And then, um, and then she uh, lost to, um, she lost to- ooh, Oscar? To Lisa and to uh, Margo. So oh. those were the things that, that we look into and we see, and, and those are the things that so let me tell you, let me show you another one. I don't think, I think we're going, I think we're scratching the, the, the I the, think we are. <laughs> I think we're scratching what we're going to do, but I'm going to show you something else. Why? Because I hate charter schools. I really hate charter schools. And I'm going to show you something else that is, is I have a charter school fire. So let's, let's listen to this, okay? Between a public and a charter school. So they're going to tell you what the difference between a charter school and a, and a public school is. When this Texas Ledge House Public Education Committee just said charters don't cherry pick students. Here's a wife, a responsive education CEO, saying that they enroll students with, with more engaged parents by not offering transportation. Do you guys see this? This is crazy. So she's going to tell you why charter schools don't, don't give transportation. Because if you don't have a car, you're poor. You're poor. So fuera. we don't want poor kids in charters. We only want rich kids because that means we don't have to teach you. Okay. Then that would have meant that the kids from the projects like myself, like Sal, like Rene would have never had an education because nobody would have taken an interest of us because of where we live. So let's listen to this real quick. Between a public and a charter school. Well, between so a public and a charter school. Well, Charter schools are public schools. They're completely public funded. We receive public funding. It's their, uh, basically the state gives a charter to an organization and allows them to open a school and to receive public funding for that. Where the distinction is between what you have your district school, which is what we all consider our public schools, right? The normal school that's right down the street and then charters and charters um, have been allowed a little bit of um, difference in rules. They all take the same state test, every student, whether it's in a charter public school or in a district public school. Um, and they receive similar funding, but not exactly. For, for many years, the charter school did not receive facility funding. Um, so they had to kind of make do with, with less. Some of that is changing. Um, there's For a long time, they didn't see, get facility funded. So they had to get, um, find buildings, any building already built. But now they do get funding. Two years ago, the Texas legislature gave them funding, and guess what? That's why those beautiful buildings are getting built with everything on it. That's why, because the state is giving them money. If you build it as big as you want, and we will pay for it, no questions asked. Not like public schools that have to go out for bonds, and then they tell you, this is what we're getting. Okay, charter schools don't have to do any of that. So let's get keep going. There are some different requirements for teachers, for facilities, and for some of the curriculum you have to offer. Some of that is different. 
So basically chars were created to allow there to be a little bit of competition, if you will, and, and some unique programs and really for schools to be able to test educational models, educational practices to try to see, you know, what, what will help our students work because the district is, you know, they have to provide education to every child that walks through the door. And, and that can be very challenging because we have students who have parents who are more or less engaged. And so some of that, you know, that's different. Whereas so she tells you that charter schools actually are more or less engaged. And the more and less engaged they are, it's, it's if you're poor, you're less engaged. And if you're medium to well off, then you're more engaged. So that's where you have uh, the difference and the kids they want are the ones that are more engaged. The charter can be a little more specific. For example, at most of our charter, all of our charter schools in Texas, we don't provide transportation. So that's a way where, you know, a parent has to be a little more engaged. They have to bring, you know, they have to bring, get their child to school. And yeah. So they may or may not have, you know, before care or after care and different programs. So in a sense, um, you're, you're kind of finding parents that want and are able to meet a specific need or a specific program that you offer. Trash, simply, and that's just trash. Uh, so did we lose out? Yeah, we lost out. All right, he'll come back on. Uh, so that's where we are today. That's what we've been watching. Me and you have had this conversation for a long, long time. And um, moving on, let's move on to our next subject is uh, there's Sal. You're right. I'm getting Stop playing with the settings. I, my battery died. All right, all right. <laughs> so moving on, Sal, we showed that and, and it is what it is. Moving on is to our state representative from District 75 is Mary Gonzalez. Can you guys see that? Yeah. Mary Gonzalez announces re-election run for House District 75. We'll continue to work fighting for people of El Paso, Socorro, Clint, Fabens, Horizon City, San Elizario, Tornillo, and East El Paso County. Ah, right, so we have we haven't gotten back. So Renee, I'm gonna start with you. Como la ves? You know, uh, no. Let me start. Let me let me start. Let me start. I'll take it back. All right. <laughs> so Mary Gonzalez promises a lot of things. She is pro public education. Uh, that's the one thing I'll give to her. But she, I honestly feel that she doesn't really take us into account. She likes more of hanging out with her caucuses, whichever they may be. She wants to take pictures with a passing delegation. She wants to do whatever's fancy for the one or two people that, that, that give her money from our area, which isn't many. Austin is, is really good at giving her money. Um, so those are the things that I have problems with. Um, public education, she is for it. And that's why I was so surprised with HP 547 and Sal is now on the moon, which is really cool. You're like <laughs> Superman, Doc. And, and 
my ADD. And um, that's my problem. HP547 that today I sent a second request for FOIA to know, to ask for text messages, phone calls, email about why she would co-author a bill that lets homeschool kids participate in sports. Now it's going to be left to the local, but you know, why would you put the local in that predicament? And, and maybe if Gary was still there, we would have better answers. I'm not sure, but you know, she, she, no, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. I'm not being a mamon. I'm being serious. Hey, you know what, bro? Let me tell you. If Gary and and the crew was still there, they would we we would be invited to the house, to the house, and the party after. You know, I don't know, bro. You know, you know, you know. But let me start with Rene because he's laughing. Rene, we're here. This is our. This is your state rep. This is South State rep. This is my state rep. ¿Cómo la ves? You know, I'm going to start by uh, saying a little bit from, from, from Eddie Murphy's. Eddie, what have you done for me? <laughs> and people who know Eddie Murphy know which one I'm talking about. You know, uh, the reason why I say that is because what have you done for us? You know, what have yeah, you done for us? That's why I said it the way I, I said it with that, with that little intro. Um, because, you know, it's nice. You look at her things, but what, what bills has she passed? Nothing. You know, what bills have she passed? I, it's nice to say, you know, oh, um, I'm helping San Elisario do this and that, but what bills have you introduced to help them? I mean, it's, it's good to say I went to the community and, and, um, and I went to their, their meetings and stuff, but what did you do to help? You know, um, Look at uh, Ordaz. She introduced some bills and passed them. Yes, she did. You know, that's that's the, the hard work. It's okay if you draft a lot of bills, but people tend to forget. When you draft bills and you try to pass them, it takes a lot of time, money, and effort. And if they don't go anywhere, it costs somebody money, which is us. Yeah, but if it's it doesn't go anywhere, it's just to say, oh, I introduced a lot of bills, but what have you passed? What have you really done for us? You know, it, the bottom line is that I I I know her. Um, she's she's somebody that, that you know that she's easy to get along with. You know, um, I know her. Um, you know, but when it comes down to an elected official, and I'll always say this. You know, just because I know you doesn't mean you're going to get a pass um, just because I know you. I mean, at the end of the day is what have you done for me? What have you done for the city of Socorro? You know, what have you done for the city of Clint or the El Paso or stuff? You know, that's what I'm asking is what your body of work is what gets you elected. That's what people need to understand. People need to already, and I'm, I'm gonna say this again. It's sad. It's sad for the people who vote. And I'm, I'm talking just to the people that vote. Right. It is sad. 
sad to to know that because you're voting for somebody because of their of their gender it's sad it's pathetic just because you choose to vote for somebody of their gender okay it's sad sad to know that you vote for somebody because of their race that's sad and pathetic you should be voting for somebody who's going to do the work for you. That's going to do something for you. You should vote for somebody that is going to represent you and your, you know, beliefs and work. And that's the key word work for you. It doesn't matter their race or their ethnicity or their gender. It doesn't matter. Vote for somebody who is going to do the work who's going to put the time and do something for you. Right. Stop voting for gender or race or ethnicity. Stop it, guys. That is about the poorest thing you can do is vote for somebody because, oh, it's a girl. Oh, it's a guy. Oh, uh, you know, uh, it's no, no. Stop it. Vote for somebody that's going to work. Look at the body of work that they've done. That's how you, you should be electing people is what have you done? Do you know? Rene, here it says Texas deserves a, a legislator that doesn't look back but prepares the communities for new jobs, superior schools, and better future of our people. So what she's telling you is don't look back at what I haven't done. Look for the future, what I'm going to try to do. You know, it, you know you, you've already had two goals on this. Yeah. What have you done? Look at Ordaz. Look at what you've done in her first term. You know? So if you want to say, look to the future, well, look to my past and see that I've done this. And I want to continue serving you. Well, you already have a body of work to prove to us that if we give you another opportunity, then we know what we're, we're going to expect from you. You're going to introduce some bills that, that are going to get passed. Not, oh, I tried. I, I, I don't want tries, you know? And, and, and it's, it's sad, you know? Um, you know, Austin money, you know, trumps a lot, but, you yeah. know, we need to understand that, you know, what, what's the best interest? Local, you know, we, we, we want stuff passed. We want help here too, you know? And you know, what's, what's so good about, you know, being in these committees, who cares? Yeah. What yeah. have you done for me lately? Nothing. And and I'll tell you this much. I can't find the picture, but you know, she went against everything. She was like full on Gary Gandara, full on Paul Guerra, full on Hernandez. I mean, she was AFT. She's still AFT to the to the to the whatever it might be. I guess AFT must give out a lot of money. That's what I'm, I'm like, God, where do you get all this money from? Look, I'm going to say something, Alex. Just I don't want to be mean or cut you off. Okay. I'm just going to say this. Look, for me, I don't I don't mind. I don't care um, they're, what they do behind closed doors. Really, I that don't. It doesn't matter. It, it uh, doesn't matter. Your body of work dictates you're going to get my vote or not. And I think that's what it is. You know, I know that, you know, they had something. Okay, hey, they're grown adults. I don't care. I don't care. You know, but what she wants to, he wants to. Hey, I don't care. Well, that's, that's, the, that's not even the point in it. The point yes. is that 
that Gary didn't bring much either to the district. Yes, and that's what I'm trying to say and is that Bill full blown said I support. Uh, I can I'll find it for the next podcast, but the picture of her and I even said it. This will not age well. Do you remember that? I said this will not age well because she full blown. You know, I would have respected her staying out of it, but me and you and Renee and Sal have said endorsements no valen. Endorsements no valen. Because she fully endorsed them. And guess what? Gary still lost and Rodriguez still lost. That means that means our community is pissed off about what happened, what's going on. And the thing is, they're they're getting informed now. They're getting informed now what is happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's been passed. Nothing's been done. Uh Renee, you still there? What do you think? Yeah, I know. I know. And it's, it's hard, you know, uh, you know, all we need to do is, is, is let people be informed. We, we need to just inform the people and say, Hey, look, your vote does matter. Your vote yeah. really does matter. And, and, and like I said, you know, I don't, I don't want to be picking on teachers, but you know what? It starts with the teachers. You know, the teacher is, 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 paying, to vote. Is, 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 it needs to come out strong and say, Hey, you are not here to dictate to us, the teachers. We are paying dues so that you can provide what we want. We want teachers. Okay. Then your reps need to hear what the teachers want and need to represent and find representation to, for, for them to represent the collective. Okay. But if your reps are pushing people that have nothing to do with the public school system, you need to ask yourself, why is my union dues going to push for people who don't have children in, in our school system? Because potentially you're taking funding from my future employment. Right. And that's what it, it comes down to. Representation like that too is, you know what? You know, I, I, that's one thing I will give Mary, M Mary Gonzalez. You know, I, I will give credit with credit to she fights for, for schools, but unfortunately she doesn't fight for the municipalities. You know, she doesn't fight for, for us and what we need. And, yeah. and that's unfortunate because when it comes down to it, you need, we need to find a candidate that's going to actually serve all of us, not just the few and the select. Right. So those are the things, and, and that's what I'll leave at, you know. You know, we had the chindig where Mr. Duran is really good friends with Mary Gonzalez. They do backdoor deals. They do backdoor behind the curtains. Because if you, if you, you're friends with them, they'll tell you what's going on. Go yeah. Back. Yeah, that's what, so, I mean, at, at the lowest levels, so we'll, we'll look at District 2 representative. Yeah. Because that's who he represents, what is it? Already one lawsuit and three, um, what's it called? Three, um, um, Settlement. what's that? Settlements. Settlements, there you go. That's all he's brought to the table. Yeah. Um, when, when election, and that's one of the unfortunate things, yeah, because Socorro is a small city and so you don't have those platforms where, where you get to meet the candidate 
And so I remember that I was out there and I spoke to all the mayor candidates myself. And I recall that when I spoke to Ivy Avalos, I mentioned to her, um, if you're uh, elected as mayor, what are, what are you going to bring to the table on the MPO? She didn't even know what the word MPO stand for. Yeah, I remember that. And that's when I felt, oh, damn, we're in trouble. And the reason why I brought it up was because I had a very good communication with Rene. Right. Rene, after the meetings, I would always hang out because he would always inform me of what was going on with the MPO. So... It was a very, very exciting time because for the first time that I could say, because I've been here in Socorro for a long time. And so for a very first time in a long time, um, there were going to be a lot of projects that were going to come in that was going to benefit and help Socorro. And so we go from somebody that was able to, to steer the vote and to help out um the municipalities because Rene would always tell me and I said man we're always overpowered because El Paso has too many seats and so uh whether Rene rounded them up and and we got things done here that's not happening anymore so the mayor is not doing anything for us no. um the district five board trustee was not doing anything that's why there was change yeah. Uh, so now you're going into Olguin. She hasn't done anything for Socorro. And 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 Gonzalez, I mean, you know, I, I don't know much of her, but there, there I haven't seen anything uh, really happening. So, you know, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I mean, Rene did a lot as a... Um, as as um, the city the the at large position that he hold, and so there were a lot a lot of things, and so we had a lot of voters that were misinformed or were not educated, and so it didn't go the way that we. There's a lot of us that wanted us to to continue the attraction that was going on because uh, Rene was doing a lot of things, um, uh, Mr. Perez was uh, doing a lot of things, and so. We don't have that going on, guys. We don't. And we said that along, you know, one of our early podcasts, we said for the next four years, we're going to have a drought in this municipality. And that's what we're at. We are in a drought. Right. And, and, and we're here. We're here now. Um, you know, whatever relationship Mary has with Ralph Duran, that's questionable, Mr. Duran, because Cesar Blanco, Cut that quick. He cut that. Yeah. Like, nah, man. I don't drive like that, bro. And I respect Blanco for that. Uh, Mary Gonzalez, I've met her. I've talked to her. I held a a um, a, a house, a forum here in my home for her. Um, you know, she ran up against uh, Mary Sue. I can't remember her last name. But Mary Sue was her charter school. So I went against Mary Sue. Uh, you know, one thing is, is, is it sucks because if nobody runs against her, she's still going to run because she does have more money and more name recognition than anybody else that would run. So, and, and those are things that, and guess what? At the end of the day, um, we're only going to use undervote. 
I, I, I called it for before and I call it for right now. We undervote because nobody's going to run against it. It's, she's still going to do whatever she wants out there. But if we undervote, that makes her know that we're not supporting her. We're not voting for her. We don't want her there, but we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. She's forgetting what she's supposed to do in Austin. You know, what she's supposed to do in Austin is fight for us, not for the 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 corporations or the educational juggernauts or the think tanks, educational think tanks that are out there. She's not there for them. She's out there for us. I hopefully will have guests that will come and talk about experiences with Mary Gonzalez. We're, that's in the works. That's why we have to take those three weeks off and work with that. Uh, so, you know, we'll look at that. So it is what it is. Let's move on real quick to our next subject. Uh, Renee, uh, he's there? Yes, he is. Renee, uh, our next subject is we're going to do real quick. Let me share a screen with you guys. Uh, here we go. Renee, let's talk about this real quick. Interim city planner, Carlos Gallenar. Can you tell me who that is? He used to be the, the El Paso city planner at one point. Um, and then he he left. And uh, the, the last time I, I, I heard was he was doing his own uh, company. Um, so... So, Aaron, then he ran for mayor, I believe. He did. Okay. And guess who supported so, him? Escobar and Beto. So, I'm just saying that, that we'll leave it at that. He's an interim, just big people coming to Socorro, I'm guessing. Uh, all right. So, is Medina out? Medina's out, bro. Se fue. Yeah, he left. He couldn't, he couldn't, you know, um, No, I can't say nothing because it was an executive. But I will say this: uh, publicly, in the meetings, I, I, there's, there's video and audio where I called in and said, "Hey, there are things that I've already done. Why haven't they, they've been done?" And I said, "Hey, I, I've told Mr. Medina years, years, because at that point it was, it was like in 2019 where I, I wanted him to address." Uh, some issues and never has he done them and they would bring st agenda items um that we already approved back then and nothing has been done and and it just shows that you know he was he was a, a lot of fluff yeah so Jeanette, before you go i know you have things other things to do just than us uh district two representative Rafturan, discussion in action to approve the artist work on a mural mural in the corner of North Loop and Three Missions Business Self-Storage uh, on North Loop. Summary public art can unveil parts of the history that we might not expect or know of. Some murals are created their beauty to inspire awe. Others than others for Instagram selfies. But sometimes murals show us important stories, stories to tell the past, milestones and memories as well, present strategies, tragedy, tragedies and turning points. What do you think? What what's this? What is this? You know, it's it's election year. It's election year. Ralph is 
Ralph is trying to overreach his boundaries. You know, first of all, uh, the city of Socorro should not impose their will on any business. Period. Um, shouldn't shouldn't uh, be telling businesses that oh, I want to put a mural here. Um, uh, Mr. Duran feels that you know he's he's he feels that he's smart. Um, he feels that nobody talks, but here in Socorro, we all know that people talk. Yes, we all know that people talk, and and I know from from experiences that that people will not keep a secret, um, and they they will call. They will notify, you know, and and I I heard it through the grapevine that that uh, somebody at the storage, because um, I might know somebody that has the storage there. Right. I might know somebody that uses that storage. Um. I might know. Uh, people that work there, <laughs> um, and and uh, so I, I might have some information that I might be told that that Mr. Duran wants you know uh, a mural there because he wants it. Um, so you know, it, it, yeah. it's just uh, it, it goes back to the same thing. He just I would like to see. I'm going to say this. One, the city should have no business whatsoever approving this because they're going into a business and persuading them to put this mural up and then taking it to council, use city resources to do this. Okay, so you're going to go to a business Force them to say, I'm going to put this mural. Um, what the mural is going to be about, yeah. right? That's the question. What is the mural going to be about? Yeah. And then on top of that is what's to say that once you set presidents and going into somebody's private property, what's to say that I might choose or, or Ralph just choose to go to your house cell and say, well, I want to put a mural right here in front of your house, in your house on your wall, right? They already set precedence by doing this. Yeah. So that's that's a, a slippery slope. It should not pass. It's, they should not even consider it. Um, if if, <laughs> if, uh, if the owner, I'm going to put it to you this way. If the owners of the storage units wanted this mural they should have done it years ago. Yeah. Not just because a representative of District 2, Ralph Duran, wants it. Um, you know, then do it at his dime, not at our taxpayers. Right, right, right. So that's my two cents. It doesn't make no sense whatsoever. It's uh, Rene's a businessman. He has his company. And if he wants to put a, a, a mural up, then he could do it on his own dollar and cent. And so it, it, this 
just doesn't make sense. And so this is exactly what we were discussing earlier, that people are informed. They're not doing anything for us when they when they're voting, they're voting for the wrong person. And then yeah. whoever gets elected is not doing anything for us. You think that people voted in Ralph Duran for a damn mural? <laughs> Jeez. Man, come on, you know? And so that's what we got. That's why we're we're stuck with, hey, with Ralph because what he, did you say? Lawsuits. So he's tired, he's tired of taking our money from lawsuits, settlements. Uh my wife this morning is like she's driving Nueva Waco so she goes, I hate that name. Yeah. Not, it, you know, it's not that she hates, it's that what it took to get that name took so much out of us. You know what I mean? Ten thousand five hundred dollars. Exactly, sir. Exactly. It's like you hate the name because of how much it cost the taxpayer. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Sal, go ahead. Yeah, it's just it just doesn't make sense. I mean, if if this storage owner wants a mural, let him do it on his own dime. Why does it have to go to city council? Like Rene said, it's an expense. It's a re it's a resource that is being utilized that doesn't need to be utilized. Uh, dumb people in in office. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, that sucks. So we've come to the end of the show. Um, like we told you guys, we're taking three weeks off. We're, we're getting some stuff ready. Um, we're going to get some stuff great for you guys new, hopefully. Um, big news coming out of us in three weeks. So we have a lot of things to work out. But um, we're going to from January to June, six months straight, at least once a week. So that, 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 that's a little tiring. So uh, to leave off, I'm going to ask, I'm going to start with Sal. Sal, what is your biggest uh, news from January to June that sticks out to you? The biggest use you said? News, yeah. What is the biggest? Oh, news. News. Yeah, biggest news. <laughs> uh, Pablo Barrera beating Gary Gandara. <laughs> that, that is something. That was something big that I, I, we were all part of, uh, even though we weren't as, as we were in, in it, it was very tiring just to be uh, getting things done and helping Pablo in every which way that we could. It was crazy. Good, good. I like that. Renee, what do you think? Man, there's a lot of things. Um, you can't really pinpoint one or the other, but I, I will say this is that you know these these six months have been a roller coaster, yeah, in the city and in the in the school. Um, we don't know what to expect in the next six months, but I will say this: you know, it's it's the school had a victory with Pablo. Um, the city had a travesty with abuse of authority and power with um, Via Lobos imposing her will on. Um, on the developers because she doesn't want any neighbors. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those that, um, that these six months brought, you know, something different um, from, from two different worlds, uh, the education world and the city. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know what to expect in the next six, uh, six months, but you know, it, 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 from what I know is, you know, the first half of the year was, was exciting. So I'm expecting the same for the next six, six months. Awesome. So, you know, for me is that we're still going, you know, we have questions. I'm like, Oh, you're only doing this for election or you're only doing this for that. Well, no, we're doing it because we want to do it. And, and thank you to Renee and thank you to Sal because they never let me down. They always come, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that's, that, that helps uh, put it together. And they're the ones that, you know, we don't get paid for this. We really, really don't. Uh, we started in September because of the kids that didn't have laptops. Um, we've, we've turned into something, a, a, a nice Lower Valley machine um, that, that brings you every week things from our perspective, not from anybody else's perspective, but our perspective. And, and we do education because of SISD, um, you know, big news when, when um, uh, I hope you guys were here when, when uh, Espinota resigned and, and we're like, what, 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 what happened? Uh, when Pablo won and he beat Gary Gandara, um, when we, and, and those were big moments. Um, we look for bigger moments in the second half of our, of our podcast because no matter what happens, no matter, there's going to be something going on in the valley. So, you know, and those are things that's going to happen. Um, uh, we're taking a little break because I think we all need it. it. It's not as easy as it looks. Um, it's all a lot of work. Um, so we hope, and we're going to look into stuff. And I know we're going to look into, into the drugs at SISD that, that might have been um, covered by the police department. We're going to look into what happened to the hacks of, of SISD uh, right during, during August. I remember it was August. And we're going to look into that as well. We're going to look into the elections. We're going to look into voting. So the Valley needs to come prepared and get ready for what's coming next here in our podcast. And we want to make sure that you, if you guys want to join us, come join us. Send us an email, send us a text. You all got our number and we can look at it for you, okay? So uh, watch what they do, not what they say. It's time to power empower the Valley. A park that sees nothing without demand. Uh, this is episode 71. Like, share, subscribe our our, our shows and then we will get everybody on. Uh, last word. I just want to say uh, keep in, in, in uh, keep listening to us. Um, you know, we'll just we'll break down we, like we've always been doing. We'll break down and we'll give you our commentary, our opinion on on these issues. And uh, just stay tuned because there's more things that are going to happen. And it's going to be exciting. Thank you. Sal. So <clears throat> I'll be trolling the city council. <laughs> so I'm going to get on tomorrow. I haven't done it in a while because it, it's been boring. But I think it's time for me to start trolling them again. Awesome. And then, uh, <laughs> getting ready for uh, SISD. I'm going to go up there and, and, uh, and speak as well, too. So I'll still... You know, kind of be active. Uh, so we'll have footage, I guess, for, for down the road. Awesome. Um, happy birthday to my niece, uh, Nicole. 
And, uh, you know, to all my nieces, uh, get educated. Um, nice. we, we talked about that today. And so they're the future educators. And so we're just, we're just uh, three old guys letting you guys know the wisdom that we have. And so, you know, we've been there, we've done that. And so, you know, take a word for it. That's right. So that's it, guys. Uh, we're taking a couple of three weeks off. We'll be back July 21st with a brand new show that it took off. Thank you today for joining us. Uh, remember, watch what they do, not what they say. Elections are coming up. Best thing for you to do is register to vote. You guys have a good evening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.